Well, hello, pitches. Welcome back to Pitch Slapped, the fan-made Pitch Perfect podcast. My name's Kaylee Hillier, and I just love delving into everything to do with Pitch Perfect. This is why I'm here. Literally, the only reason. And since we're in October, we've been delving into everything horror and Halloween-esque, starting with last week when we got into Horror Week, which is currently happening right now. And I thought to go along with that, we've got like a good week's preparation to get ourselves in the Halloween zone. What do you think the Bellas are like at Halloween? What are your headcanons? What do you think Becca would be like? Do you think Aubrey's into dressing up? How excited does Chloe get about Halloween? Do we think that this is Lily's favourite holiday? I have been asking around for your opinions on your Halloween headcanons, which we'll be getting into a little bit later on, and also delving into some great fan fiction that has been made around the themes of Halloween and horror. Some classic ones that were quite big from fanfiction.net and AO3 to delve into. So if you want to do some Halloween horror reading over this season, we've got you covered. First, though, let's have a look at this week's actor news. In actor news this week, we saw the trailer for All My Life movie, which is coming out apparently on the 23rd of October and features Chrissy Fitt. It's about this couple that fall in love and get together and they plan on getting married but their plans are thrown off course when the groom is diagnosed with liver cancer. So it's dealing with some pretty heavy subjects. I'm quite excited to see another movie with Chrissy Fit in it. She's not like the main star, but she is one of the supporting roles. So it'll be really, really fun to see her in a movie. Also this week, Rebel Wilson has announced that she has her eyes set on her first non-comedy role. She will be starring in a UK drama called The Almond and the Seahorse. And she's going to be getting into some more dramatic acting. I don't know if I'm ready for Rebel Wilson to go dramatic. Part of me feels like I'm going to have to go into like a like a mental change on that one, just, just because I'd, I'll be waiting for her to crack a joke. But it's very exciting to see her kind of expanding her repertoire of acting and seeing where it goes i'm excited to see how it all turns out that's it for your acting news this week it's now time to delve into our halloween headcanons let's get into it with this spooky season upon us you might end up asking yourself i wonder what the bard and bellas are like during halloween so i decided to delve into this topic as i had a look at some halloween headcanons I've been asking around on social media to get your opinions on what you thought the Bellas were like during Halloween season because there's so many different aspects that you could take from this whether it is the Bellas at Barden because you've got obviously the first year and then you have the Bellas house which could lead to a number of different scenarios you've got Halloween parties do you think the Bellas hosted the Halloween parties or do you think they went to a Halloween party? Like, could the Trebles be the people who host the parties and they just go out and have a good time? Or decorations? Because I can imagine some of the Bellas being quite into the whole idea of decorating the house for Halloween. And also just antics that you would get up to as you're living all together 
in a group house especially like when i was at uni the creativity levels of trying to put something together on a budget was always entertaining not only that then you've got potentially when they leave barden we've got the brooklyn years and the idea of becca chloe and amy in their brooklyn apartment do you think they accepted trick-or-treaters was there maybe work parties that they had to go to or did they go out on halloween weekend out on the town in and around brooklyn and new york Halloween is a big party weekend, so there's a good chance that they would have been out there doing something or Chloe and Amy would have dragged Becca out to do something. And then beyond that, the whole idea of, you know, couples, whether it's Chloe, Chawbry, Jasley doing something. I mean, there's so many options. When they have kids, do you think that they took their kids out trick-or-treating? Stacey's got Bella. So did the Bellas help out taking Bella trick-or-treating? Who would have been the best people to do it? Do you think that they were, like, totally into its parents? Or do you think that some of them are just like, you know what, I just want to sit here and eat candy. That's all I want to do. So many options. So I'm excited to see what you guys have come up with. And we're just going to delve into some good headcanons today. So there are a number of Bellas that we can kind of delve into here. What do we think Fat Amy was like around Halloween season? Because, like, she's not American, so potentially it's not as big in Australia. Somebody tell me, is, is Halloween big in Australia? That is the question. Because, like, here in the UK, it's celebrated... And, like, kids will go out trick-or-treating and there's going to be an aisle in the supermarket with costumes and stuff. But it's also not hugely big. Like, we'll celebrate it, but not anywhere near to the extent that the Americans celebrate it. I always had this idea that she was in Australia and then she kind of comes over to study. So when she gets to Barden and it's, like, the first Halloween, like, she's going to be so there. Like, she's going to be so into it. And as we know with Fat Amy, she doesn't do anything by half, okay? I mean, fair enough. Like, if she's going to do something, she is going to be doing it full throttle. Rebels Bay on Twitter said, Amy would always go the extra mile to show off her vivacious curves. I love it. <laughs> to be fair, that is, that is very true. Like, would we expect anything less from Fat Amy? She would definitely go fully into it like she would not cut corners there wouldn't be anything like that she would be totally there i think also fat amy has a tendency to go over the top and especially say in the bella's house if they're hosting a halloween party or something and they get a little bit tipsy you know the alcohol is flowing you do not want to have a situation where there's a fire a health hazard safety hazard Something just getting a bit out of hand that I could imagine Fat Amy being, like, the centre of. They probably have to just keep an eye on Fat Amy just to make sure she doesn't go over the top. I can imagine also, like, when they have kids and, you know, it's around any of the celebratory seasons, especially something like Halloween, that Fat Amy would want to be the, like, the favourite aunt. She would be the one giving all the kids candy and getting them high on sugar and all the other buzzers just be like keeping amy well away just just to keep 
things come. You can give the kids candy, but we'll take it from here and we'll decide how much they have. Like, Amy's just slipping candy to the kids every now and then, keeping them on their sugar high. I love reading in fan fiction as well. They always have Amy as this character that makes, like, the strongest and most outrageous drinks. So if they're having, like, Halloween parties or anything... Of course Fat Amy will be there making her sort of drink concoctions of whatever it is and everybody gets a little bit worried that potentially it's maybe a little bit too much alcohol or whatever it is inside these these uh, drinks. But at least you know Amy's there and she'll, she'll, she'll bring out whatever strange mixture she's made up. So you know that at least they'll have the alcohol flowing with Fat Amy. She'll, she'll have them covered. Just need to keep an eye on it, make sure it doesn't get out of hand. The next Bella we're going to have a look at is Lily. I loved this comment on uh, Instagram. This was from Bechloe is Canon. They said, let's not talk about Lily. We all want to sleep peacefully tonight. Which really got my mind going because I was like, oh yeah, like Halloween? This could be Lily's month. I think if there was a holiday that Lily would love the most, I think that it would be Halloween. I could totally see this, just her reveling in this holiday. Maybe not for the reasons that everybody thinks, because I think that because Lily's a little bit out there and nobody's quite sure about Lily, there's always a little bit of a question mark around Lily. You know, where she come from? Is she really like this? All the quirks that she has. And I think she'd love Halloween, but for no other reason than, like, she could just be totally her authentic self. She's not dressing up. She doesn't need to dress up because this is just normal for her. And I think that that would be terrifying to an extent. <laughs> I have this whole idea that when the Bellas are in the Bellas house, like getting ready for Halloween and they're getting into their costumes, Lily will just turn up in an outfit covered in like blood and everybody just be like, wow, that's an amazing costume. Where did you get all the fake blood from? And she's like, what fake blood? Everybody just being a bit like, okay, moving on. We already know Lily gets us into some weird stuff. So it would make sense that all of that kind of comes out around Halloween. But it's just normal. This is like normality for Lily. They'd never question it. They've probably learned by now never to question Lily. Just let her get on with it and you're fine. Terrifying. I love the idea as well that like this just all happens for Lily but the Bellas never quite see the extent of what Lily does. They just see the little glimpses that she shows them as she's come, coming in and out of the Bellas house. Or like, you know, something speaky will happen and, and Lily will just be like, oh yeah, that's my friend Pete, the ghost. Or she'll like have a direct communication to anything paranormal or just out there. She'd know about it. If you want somebody in the know, Lily will be the person in the know. She'd also know how to deal with it. So if there is ever an emergency, you, you would go to Lily. Lily would be the one to go to. And if they're at Halloween parties, Lily would just pop up at the most randomest times. Something a little bit askew with her, like, quote-unquote costume, because it's not really a costume. This is what she normally wears. And you would just wouldn't question it any further, whether there's fake blood on it, dirt, whatever it is. You just, yeah, don't, don't ask. You don't want to know the answer to the question. Flo, I think, would be an interesting Bella to look at, though, because Flo is like Latin American. So I don't know if they celebrate the Day of the Dead in Guatemala, 
But I love this whole idea that when she becomes a Bella and they're in the Bella's house, the first Halloween, you know, they're all doing Halloween and they're all getting into it. And then Flo would add in the whole Day of the Dead kind of celebrations in there. She'd bring a lot of the food. Their Halloween celebrations suddenly go to a whole new level. I would love it if one year they had like a Day of the Dead celebration at the Bella's house. I think that would be so good. And then it's not just kind of your traditional like dark Halloween. You've then got all the bright colours, the skull masks, everything for the Day of the Dead. She just brings this whole Latin American feel that they may not have had before. And I could totally see, especially with like where Flo goes to with her career, like food and drinks would be something that she would be contributing to any parties. And I'm, I could imagine it being really good. Like, I can imagine her making some great treats for Halloween at the Bella's house. Okay, what about Jessica and Ashley? They're like the backbone of the Bellas. They're like very good at kind of keeping things together, but they never get any of the credit for what they do in the group. I was having this debate the other day with a few people and I was like, who do you think would be the bakers in the Bellas house? And for some reason, I often think that Jessica would be the person to make like the Halloween treats, Halloween cookies or anything like that. I can imagine her being there baking and Ashley just kind of helping out, but more just stealing bits of food and cookie dough, whatever else, as it's happening. Sometimes I think that Chloe could be the baker. I've seen a lot of fix where they'll have Chloe baking stuff, but then I also kind of think, uh, I don't know. While Chloe probably wants to have the maternal instincts to be able to bake and like it's a good way to get on people's good side. I don't know if Chloe would have the patience for baking. To bake properly, you need to be quite methodical and, and very good at kind of measuring everything out. It's not necessarily like cooking, where you could add a little bit extra stuff. Like if you are not thorough with a baking recipe, it could go all out the window. So part of me thinks that maybe Chloe would be better at cooking and not baking. So I was like, well, who out of the Bellas could be the bakers. Aubrey might be because she she does have that attention to detail, but also Stacy would be quite a good one. We get the impression that she's quite the scientist potentially, and there's a few headcans around Stacy doing chemistry and things like that. So the idea of measuring things out exactly and getting it right, I could imagine Stacy doing that and being quite good at that. So whether that then, you know, she takes what she might have studied at college and it just applies really well to baking. But I do think for me, Jessica would be the baker. She just have like a natural talent for baking. Although Nicole mentioned that Becca could be the dark horse of the baking in the Bellas. Can you imagine? Like it would be a skill that people just wouldn't expect from Becca, but she'd just have like a knack for it. And I love the idea that she would just kind of get into the kitchen at the Bella's house and start a recipe and then people just being quite intrigued were like, you're actually gonna try and bake? She would make something pretty amazing and they would all just be like, oh my word, like Becca, you need to bake more. <laughs> How did we not know that you baked? I do love that whole idea that Becca could be the secret dark horse baker of the group. But I think that Jessica would be the kind of go-to main baker. And at the same time, like, I can imagine 
that she'd bake all these great treats. The Bellas would like eat them all and absolutely love them, but then just generally forget that Jessica made these things and she would just keep banging them out. She would just keep doing them. Also, whilst we're on Jessica and Ashley, I think we have to appreciate that if anybody's going to do couples costumes, Jessica and Ashley will do a couples costume. I'd be very surprised if they didn't. If anybody thinks differently, I'd love to know. But for me, Jessica and Ashley would be doing the cute couples costume. And they would have like the best costumes. They'd go all out. Nobody would really pay that much attention to it. What could we say about Stacy at Halloween? I think Stacy would love a good horror movie. I think she'd be into watching horror movies. Lily would be into watching horror movies. I could imagine Fat Amy is. I think Ashley would, but I don't know if Jessica would be into watching horror movies. Emily's big no. No, Emily just wouldn't want to watch them. It wouldn't be something she'd enjoy. I can imagine Chloe maybe, but I don't think she'd get a lot of enjoyment out of watching other people get hurt. I have this headcanon that Aubrey loves horror movies. I think she'd find them quite funny. She'd get really into the whole genre. I can imagine around Halloween she would watch a lot of horror movies. I think partly though it's because of her upbringing and her dad being in the military and like she's a bit of a badass. A lot of people kind of think in in a zombie apocalypse Aubrey would be the one that you'd want to be around because she would know what weapons to use she'd probably know how to use any firearms you'd need so going along with that i think she'd quite like horror movies becca i'm not so sure about i have like two thoughts with becca one is that like potentially it could be the type of movie that she would enjoy watching out of any type of movie because she doesn't like movies anyway a horror movie could be the type of thing that she might get some enjoyment out of just watching people get killed and ripped to shreds and some of the twists and turns that you have in a horror movie but at the same time if she's not that big into movies and she doesn't watch a lot you're not going to be as desensitized to a lot of things so then if you watch a horror movie it could be a horrific experience if we're going at like the chloe headcanons that could be a like a recipe for disaster becca and chloe watching a horror movie because becca's not going to be desensitized to a lot of things happening on the screen and then chloe just being horrified because people are dying so between the two of them it might be a horrific experience (laughs) at least with chloe i can imagine that growing up in high school she would have had a number of sleepovers with friends and they would have watched horror movies so like I could see her maybe kind of being more into it. Also, like, it's kind of the dating film to watch. You know, it would be the opportunity to kind of snuggle up close with Becca. So, like, Stacey, I think she would be into watching a horror movie. But uh, in general of Halloween, let's be fair, we know that Stacey's going to be wearing the sluttiest outfit out of everybody at the Halloween party. (laughs) I think with Stacy though, she wouldn't necessarily go for the traditional outfit, like the slutty nurse or police officer or something like that. I think that Stacy would go for something that wouldn't typically be able to be sexy and she would make it sexy. Like, she would know how to work any costume to her advantage. To the point that, like, they'd all meet up ready for, like, 
house party or a Halloween party and they'd just be like, Stacy, how on earth did you do that? You were gonna dress up as Freddy Krueger. How are you making this look good? It would be scary how good it is. Which I think is gonna be really fascinating with Stacy having Bella, because I think I like the idea of Stacy having this big soft side, like big motherly side to her that you don't see very often. And so when she has Bella and Bella's a little bit older and going trick-or-treating, I still think Stacy would know how to work an outfit, maybe not to the extent that she would have done in college, but when she's taking Bella out trick-or-treating, she would still be the best-looking mum on the street. She would be turning heads. But she'd also make sure that Bella has, like, the best outfit. She would look the cutest going out trick-or-treating. And they'd probably end up coming back with, like, the most amount of candy out of everybody. <laughs> okay. Emily, what do we think are our headcanons for Emily at Halloween? Well, I think Emily would be up for a party and any excuse for dressing up. I think Emily, you know, she's quite excitable, so I think that whole thing she'd be right into. I just don't think that she would enjoy Halloween, like the horror side of Halloween. I think she would enjoy the cheesiness of Halloween parties, and I'm sure she went trick-or-treating growing up. I just can't imagine her enjoying a lot of, like, the horror side of Halloween. If she's going to dress up in an outfit, it's going to be the cutest outfit. There's going to there's gonna be no fake blood involved in that at all. She would not be up for watching horror movies. She'd probably be there to be with the Bellas, but she would be mortified. That she would not be sleeping for a few weeks after that. Oh, Nicole said, I'm sure Emily is a complete weenie. She'd probably only like Halloween Town and movies like that, though. Which, to be fair, exactly what I would be like as well. When I was talking to Unholy Hellbig the other week, in preparation for Horror Week, her favourite character is Emily. One of her headcanons was the fact that Emily would always unknowingly get herself in the worst situations because she's just too nice. She wouldn't necessarily enjoy half the stuff that's happening, but she would end up being involved because she's too nice to say no. She'd just find herself in these awkward situations. This poor Emily. If nothing else, though, I'm pretty sure that we can all agree that the Bellas are quite protective over Emily. She's the Acker child. So at least with Emily, the other Bellas would be looking out for her and making sure that she's okay. Becca's always got like a soft spot for Emily. She'll be like way protective. So like, although Emily will be terrified, she's in good hands. Cynthia Rose. I think she would be quite an interesting one. I, I don't think Cynthia Rose would be into the cheesy side of Halloween. I think she'd be into a good horror. She's also just like a little bit too cool. If anything with regards to Cynthia Rose, she would love any event where she could have some good booze at. And I'm sure that she'd probably, if she was to dress up, she would be the more suave character. She would choose something where she can do, like, a good power suit, maybe a little bit of fake blood in there. But, like, she's not going to go silly with it. She wants to look good while she's doing it. She'll also just be a little bit more streetwise with things. <laughs> she'd probably also watch horror movies and then laugh at half of the Bellas as they're creeped out by what's happening on screen. She's just like, what the heck, you guys? Come on, it's not real. If nothing else, especially because of what you see in the movies, she would love going to Halloween parties. She'd dress up really suave. She'd be there for the alcohol. And then, of course, hot girls dressed up in costumes. 
she's probably tripping over what Stacy's wearing at the time they leave the Bella's house. Okay, now we're getting to the big guns. Aubrey, what do we think Aubrey is like at Halloween? We've already mentioned, I think that she would be a big horror movie buff. I think she'd be right there with horror movies. I don't think horror would really scare Aubrey that much because I think she would just, she'd just own it. She'd be right there. She'd know what to do. We had a message from Meeks who said, I like to think that Aubrey not only likes to dress up, but she's good at it. Her costumes are always perfect and she enjoys making them. I love that idea because I was a little bit torn with Aubrey. I was like, do we think that she would be into dressing up or do you think that she wouldn't? Would it just be a bit too silly for somebody like Aubrey to get into? But I do like the idea that if she's going to dress up, she's going to do it right. Aubrey doesn't do things by halves. It needs to be meticulous. It needs to be perfect. To the point that she probably would watch YouTube videos on special effects makeup. If she's going to have fake blood, it's going to look like it's really coming out of her head. Also, I almost forgot, but there is a deleted scene from Pitch Perfect 1 where the Bellas are doing like singograms and they show a number of different holiday seasons where the Bellas are trying to raise money. So they like knock on people's doors and sing a song and like deliver a message. And the first bit of that scene is Aubrey and Cynthia Rose knocking on someone's door dressed up for Halloween. And Aubrey is dressed up as a little witch. She's got like a little black and orange hat on with a black dress. I'm not entirely sure what Cynthia Rose is dressed up as. Some, it's some weird kind of brown outfit. I have no idea what it's supposed to be. But uh, both of them are there sort of singing at this door and they like hand over the uh, singogram. So Aubrey looks pretty good as a witch. She doesn't go for any fake blood. Like she's quite a prim and proper looking witch. Clearly, Aubrey is okay with a bit of dressing up. Obviously, she leaves Barden after her final year, but I can imagine her coming back to the Bella's house to enjoy some of the holiday seasons. I think also, as they grow up and potentially have kids and stuff, she'd be happy for her kid to go out trick-or-treating or Bella, and she would be there. She'd make sure the, the costumes were perfect, but she would be managing how much candy they would be eating and then also balancing it out with something healthy she would be watching that meticulously and making sure the kids didn't get into a sugar high that it was healthy it was good it was okay she would also like keep the bag of sweets and just ration it out when they could eat bits jumping into uh, chloe i think that chloe would be big in pretty much most holiday seasons i think she would love a celebration and I think Chloe would never do things by halves. If she's going to get into it, she's going to get into it in a big way. So you can almost guarantee Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas or Easter, she's going to be right there and there's going to be decorations. I can imagine the Bella's house in most holiday seasons would have some sort of decoration. And I think Chloe would be at the forefront of making that happen. I think a lot of the Bellas would be into it. But I think Chloe's like the driving force to to getting it there and making it happen. She'd also love a good dress up. I think she would be one of those people who really pushes for like a Bella's group costume. That's what Chloe would want. She'd want her family to all go together. They'd all be in this together and dress up for the occasion. 
and I think she'd go to whatever lengths are necessary to get it there. When we were thinking about Halloween headcanons, I was in a group chat. Wouldn't it be amazing if Becca, Chloe and Aubrey dressed up as the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus? And Maya came up with this great point. Chloe would do something as a favour to like Aubrey and Becca and she would joke about the fact that they would owe her something and they'd all kind of laugh it off but they don't take her seriously until she shows up with costumes and is like, now you guys can repay the favour. And that is how she would get them to dress up in Halloween costumes. This went even further as well, because then it was like, this could almost be like a triple treble scenario where Becca, Chloe and Aubrey dress up as the Sanderson sisters. The consensus was that Aubrey would be Winifred, Becca would be Mary and Chloe would be Sarah. And it's not that Becca's dumb, but because Mary's a little bit dumb in the show but it would be that she's just a bit more distracted and she doesn't pay as much attention as the other two so that's why she would end up being Mary whereas Aubrey's the natural born leader or the other option Georgia made a good point expressing was if Becca didn't fit Mary she could play Max from Hocus Pocus and be the dumb virgin because that also works I could see Becca in a number of different versions of this also, going along with our Sanderson sisters Hocus Pocus group dress-up, Stacy could be Binks because she'd be hot in a cat outfit. <laughs> this could all happen, like, they could, they could make this work. But the point is proven that Chloe would go to length to make sure that she got her group costume. Whether she's bribing people, working it to her advantage, making them owe her a favour. She'd know how to work the system. She'd know what to get what she wants. Whether she has to use the puppy dog eyes and the pout. Like, she's very good at working the system. Which makes us move on to our final Bella. We got Becca. What do we think Becca is like at Halloween? There's like two schools of thought with Becca. My personal favourite, I think, is the fact that I don't think she'd be into Halloween. I just don't think that Becca's into holidays. She'd rather just stay in her room and be on her laptop. The whole idea of being sociable was just not Becca's style. But there's like another side of it, which could be that Becca loves Halloween, but she like secretly loves it. So she wouldn't tell people she loves it. She's like, it's not cool to tell people that you like dressing up and you're into like Halloween. So she would say that she didn't, but secretly she does. I love this comment by Elizabeth that says that Becca is secretly all for Halloween, but hasn't been able to lean on her love for it until living at the Bella's house. Probably growing up when the parents separated and stuff, maybe Halloween just wasn't the same. Like for me, that's partly why I think maybe Becca wouldn't be into Halloween because when the family dynamic broke down, potentially a lot of holidays would have been tainted, like Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, Easter. They just wouldn't have been the same, and so it would just bring up bad memories around those times. But I also love this whole idea that being around the Bellas and this group that's really, really into it is going to kind of bring out Becca's secret love of Halloween. Beyond but Chloe made this really awesome point she said, when I think about Becca and Halloween, I like to think she hates it because her dad took her trick-or-treating as a kid, then disappeared. So she thought, F that holiday and him. And then the Bellas, brackets Chloe, makes her love it again secretly. 
I love that. Oh my word, somebody write this as a story. Because I think this is so good. It makes so much sense that a holiday's tainted because of what's happened in her past. And it's the Bellas who kind of draw it out of her and she, she finds a new and renewed love for these holidays. And definitely I do think that Chloe would have to bribe Becca to dress up in costume. Meeks said, Becca's a total scaredy cat. She sees a shadow on the wall and disappears. You might find her under a pile of blankets camouflaged on the floor. She probably watches a couple of horror movies, then covers all the mirrors and reflective surfaces in the house. She'll say it's to set the Halloween mood and will act as if she doesn't care, but she'll definitely run the moment the lights are turned off in a room. If she gets pulled into wearing a costume, she'll probably agree on makeup and a little flake blood. Will probably be a zombie because she can still wear her normal clothes and only really needs to smudge her eyeliner a little bit more. I can totally see this. Part of me thinks Becca would be totally a weenie when it comes to horror movies and not want to admit it. So she would watch them, but she would be terrified the whole time. And I can also see Becca putting very minimal effort if she has to dress up for Halloween. The most normal that she could look, probably the happier she'd be. So the idea that, you know what, I just need to wear some ripped clothes and some fake blood and I'm there, I'm good. Courtney did suggest though that she could imagine Becca, if she's gonna dress up, she's gonna go a little bit more suave or she would just do anything with a mask because then you just need to slip a mask over your head she would kind of dress up as a serial killer or something like that just put a mask on and she'd be set because again it's the kind of minimal effort to go there and although potentially it would just annoy some of the bellas that she would go that minimal effort she's done it she's just wearing a mask you just need to look for the person wearing the screen mask at the party and it's probably becca the other thing I think about Becca is the fact that although she maybe doesn't enjoy the dressing up, I think she enjoys the treats, the Halloween treats and candy. I can almost imagine her when she goes and does like her shopping, that she would probably grab a bag of something and just have it to munch on when she's doing her mixing up in her room. Around Halloween, there's a lot more candy. Like she would be hovering around the kitchen when Jessica's doing some baking just so that maybe she could grab one or two to take up to her room, like a few handfuls, just to keep her going as she's continuing to edit her music. I think as well, when she has kids, she would be the one, if it was a Chloe headcanon, Chloe would go out doing the trick-or-treating because Becca doesn't want to do that. And she'd be like, I'll stay at home and give out the candy. She's not really going to give out the candy. She's going to turn the lights off and pretend she's not home because she's going to eat the candy. Or if she does take her kids out trick-or-treating, she's having some of the candy herself. Like, she's got to make it worth a while. Aubrey Pose and Esquire said, The Bellas cannot manage to do a group costume. They will try for each of Becca's four years of college and they would fail each year in new ways. I love that whole idea because there's always something that goes wrong. So the idea that they would try really hard and I can imagine people like Chloe... Maybe Jessica, Stacy, being really into this idea, really trying to pull it together. Either one of them can't turn up, they haven't been able to agree on an outfit, something goes wrong when they're trying to put it together, Amy goes too far, Becca's not in the mood, they can't find her, she's busy mixing, she's forgotten to get her part of the costume. Something will happen each year that just goes a little bit wrong. There's so many options. 
And of course, if you have some headcanons, I'd love to hear from you. We've just delved into a few headcanons that I have thought of and have been shared with me. If you need some further help, I mean scouring the internet for some great Halloween stories to just get you in the mood so you can have your little bit of pitch perfect fix whilst getting ready for Halloween. Let's do it. So although you might not think that Halloween and Pitch Perfect should go together, there have been some great creators who have made content around the theme of Halloween or horror that you can kind of get into. Some exploring what the Bellas are like during the Halloween season. Some are just horror stories with the Pitch Perfect characters. So if any aspect of the spectrum, whether you want to go serious horror, whether you want to go cute and fluffy, whether you want a little bit of smut, there's a load of stuff in there and we're going to delve into a load of it today so you can have your Halloween Pitch Perfect fix. Starting off with The Box by Orange Green. This is on fanfiction.net and the summary says, A.U. Chalbury story, psychiatrist Aubrey Posen has seen it all, every mental health illness and psychosis there is, until her girlfriend, Chloe, seems to be suffering from some mental affliction. As she and their friends Becca and Jesse search for answers, it becomes apparent something far more sinister is at work. This is a complete multi-chaptered story and it's so well written and kind of put together just for the fact that it's like really, really subtle. What happens in this story? It sets the scene with Aubrey and like her job and... I love how, like, Aubrey's just so prim and proper and so kind of together that anything out of the ordinary, she just doesn't really click with. Just doesn't make sense. Like, everything should make sense to Aubrey. This is it. Like, if it doesn't, it can't be real. And there's so many questions around what is happening to Chloe and why is she acting the way she is and all the weird stuff that's happening. And what I love is... It takes quite a while for Aubrey to click on or to really understand what is happening with Chloe. And you're kind of along for the journey as as Aubrey and her friends, Becca and Jessie, trying to piece together why Chloe has gotten to the point she's gotten at. Why is she acting the way she is? It's really, like, creepy and just sinister in places. There's a whole sinister undertone to the story. You're looking for some, like, good creepiness. This is a good story to kind of venture into. And it takes, like, a good push from Becca to really get Aubrey to the point where she understands what's going on or acknowledges what might be happening. And I can really imagine that happening. I love the way that these characters are written in this story because it does feel like the author kind of knew the characters well enough to take them from the Pitch Perfect world and put them in this one. A great start to our sort of Halloween horror-esque stories. Verging more on kind of possessed items and possession, The Box by Orange Green. If you're looking for something a little bit more on the slasher side of horror, we talked about it last week with Unholy Helbig. She has written a story called Camp Beaverbrook. The summary says, in the year 1889, Four girls are sent to Camp Beaverbrook as counsellors for a summer of fun. Things start to take a dark turn when odd things start to happen around camp. 
follow Becca, Aubrey, Chloe and Emily as they navigate a summer camp seemingly out to get them. This has a lot of sinister undertones. There's a lot of sinister stuff going on in this story. It creeps me out a little bit. It's also just the whole idea of your favourite characters and hoping that they're going to survive to the end of the story. There's a whole heap of me that was just terrified to read it because I was like, if anything happens to my favourite characters, I'm going to be so upset. And that almost just kind of adds to the tension of the story because you're just kind of reading it like, please don't let anything bad happen to them. Especially Emily. Emily is so sweet. Nothing bad can happen to Emily. It's so sad. But also as you're reading the story and you're going through what's happening and they're reacting to everything, it's really interesting to see these characters in this situation and how they react and how they treat each other as well because I think with like a typical slasher you don't know who the killer is you don't know what's going to be around the corner and so it might cause characters to blame others and so you have this whole thing going on where they might not trust each other as much as they thought they did and all this stuff so it really puts their friendships and relationships to the test as the story is going out and you just hope that they're going to survive to the very very end Camp Beaverbrook is available on AO3 and fanfiction.net. The next story is There Us by Let's Talk Acapella. The summary says, When the enemy looks like your friends, how do you know who to trust? This was written for Pitch Perfect Horror Week last year, based on the theme Doppelgangers, and it's available on AO3. This is a really creepy story. It's kind of got little notions or nods to, like, the body snatchers. And I love how they start off the story where it's Chloe just noticing that something's just not feeling quite right. Something's just a little bit odd, but she can't put her finger on what it is. And when they start meeting their doppelgangers, these kind of evil versions of themselves, and how heart-wrenching that is, because especially when you've got characters that love each other, whether it's the Chloe or anything like that, it's really heartbreaking when they look like the person you love but then they do something that really breaks your heart and then they have to kind of equate in their mind when they start to figure out and unravel this mystery the fact that oh no that's not chloe that's chloe's evil doppelganger i need to separate that out it's not really chloe treating me that way or attacking me they have to go to great lengths to survive if Beck is on a heap on the floor, is it her unconscious or is it the doppelganger? And how do you treat that? Do you try and kill them? Do you not? Do you think that Becca could kill an evil Chloe? So it's all these questions that they have to kind of morally ask themselves as they're going through this story. It gets really tense at the end about who's going to survive, who's going to make it through. And they have to make some big sacrifices to survive the story. It's not all easy. Another story, if you like evil creatures, is Bad Feeling by Nick James. This is available on AO3 and it's a Jeepers Creepers 2 AU. The summary says the Bellas are driving home from a competition when a tyre blows out. At first they think it's all normal, but it soon becomes apparent that all is not as it seems. Can they survive the night as a creature stalks their every move? This is a shorter story. But as you can imagine, it's based on Jeepers Creepers 2, people are going to die. In this story, you've got the Bellas and the Trebles kind of all involved together. So you have the dynamic of how they work together or don't work well together. Who's going to get on? Who's not going to get on? And because everything happens so quickly, they have to make very snap judgments on things. Also, for some reason, 
John and Gail are there, which throws a whole like other aspect to it. And I kind of love some of the reasons why maybe the author put them in to help play the story out. There are some established Chloe and Strawberry in the story. And so you have the added kind of aspect of them already being a couple and caring and, and worrying about their other half and whether or not they're going to survive and what lengths they might go to to protect the other person. Not everybody makes it out alive. You are warned because you've got your beloved characters in this situation on a bus. And it's a very fast-paced story. There's some horrific things that happen in it, though. Becca gets, like, stuck to a tree at one point, and it's so sad. And some of the deaths are are kind of heart-wrenching. And I kind of like the fact that it plays off of a scenario that the Bellas would have done. The idea that they're coming back from a competition and everything goes wrong. And one more on the scary side of a story is maybe not quite as horror-esque as some others, but definitely some horror tones. This is kind of dealing with some more realistic, I suppose, themes. It's called Anonymous by X Back to Black X on fanfiction.net. And the summary just says, ever wonder who's messaging you behind that grey face? If you're a fan of Tumblr and like online communities, just be warned, this might make you not want to do that anymore. Becca's talking to somebody online and starts to kind of really get a good relationship with them to the point where she's like, I'm going to go and meet this person in real life. So as you would imagine, not everything kind of goes to plan. It's set in and around Barden. It's kind of where it starts and then Becca goes away and things start going wrong. This story is quite frustrating to read. As a reader, as you're going through what's happening, the things that should have happened that should have been so easy to overcome, the characters that try and come and help or whatever, your beloved characters, things go wrong that shouldn't have gone wrong. That just make the situation worse. And you're just like, no, why? Why do this to us? It's so sad. It's a real tense story. And there are moments when you genuinely are scared that your favorite characters are going to die. They're having to make sacrifices because of this crazy person that uh, that has got involved in their lives. But I think it's almost more scary just for the fact that it's around something that a lot of us are doing. We're talking to friends online. You get to know people. You kind of want to meet them in real life. This will make you not want to do that. Be warned. Venturing a little bit further away from the horror-esque story to some sweet stories, there's a number of great ghost stories that we need to talk about. And although there's kind of some tense moments in there, in these stories, if you're not a big fan of horror, these ones kind of venture a little bit there, but not enough that I would say you, you have to avoid them. I'm not a big horror story fan, so these were like a comfortable place for me to sit. The first one is Shake Your Skeleton by Hurricane on fanfiction.net. The summary says, Becca, a social outcast who is constantly tormented by her high school, stumbles across a lonely red-headed ghost stuck in an abandoned shed. They become very close and both girls eventually begin to realise that they may be the key to saving the other. What seems like a simple, oh no, this ghost is going to help out Becca from the school bullies, then gets all these added layers on top of it. So you have the whole idea of Becca being this social outcast and she's finding a friend and someone that she feels that she belongs with. 
but she's also got a difficult relationship with her dad and the tenseness there and what happened with her mother as you read the story there's kind of a whole thing behind that and then Chloe's past which she's trying to understand a little bit more of what happened to Chloe why is she a ghost in this abandoned part of the school and so as you're reading through the story things began to get uncovered that actually point to them being a lot more connected than they thought. I don't want to give too much away because it's a really, really lovely story to read and the twists at the end are so good. All of these questions that they've had, whether it's Becca and her family or Chloe and her situation, all kind of come to light to the point that are they going to be able to find a resolution in the end? And also the idea that they're beginning to get a sense of feelings for each other and how does that work because one of them is a ghost i really enjoyed reading this story well worth it if you want a little bit of uh, ghost chloe and just to flip that around there's another story that deals with a ghost relationship but this time it's a ghost becca it's called maybe in another life by not so average fangirl the summary says Moving into a new house turned out to be a better experience for Chloe Beale than she thought it would. Perhaps it's because of the friendly little brunette she finds hiding in her basement one night. An unforeseen friendship sparks between them, but as more complicated emotions begin to arise, a shocking truth is revealed and Chloe's world gets turned upside down. This is a really sweet story and what I love about it is that you're not sure what exactly is happening and it's a lot from Chloe's perspective like as she meets this girl in the basement starts to get to know her and understand her a little bit more and so that all kind of comes out and then the feelings just get a little bit deeper and there's more questions and this little bit of discovery that Chloe is going through through the story and I love how you kind of join Chloe in this journey as she tries to uncover this mystery more and more. And I think that's the fascinating thing about this story is like, there's so many questions and you're there with Chloe just riding the wave of her uncovering this story and this mystery. And when she thinks that she's uncovered it, more questions begin to arise because I think the feelings get there as well. Her desire to help more gets bigger and she gets more invested in this little brunette ghost living in her basement. There's also some fun moments in there when she's trying to keep it and hide it from her family. I do also really like the way that the author kind of capped it off at the end. A little bit of a different take on ghosts is a story that a number of people recommended to me. This is called This World Is Gonna Burn, Baby You Should Stick Around by Obstinate Questionings. The summary just says Becca really should have let Chloe know how much she hated ghost stories. I found this story really different. So Becca goes and visits Chloe in her new job. She got a job in Boston and she's working at a museum in this little town that has kind of a weird history to it. But what I love about this story is the amount of detail the author puts in to kind of setting the scene. And although everything is relatively normal the author's able to describe things in such a way that as you're reading with becca and going through these experiences 
you feel the chills or the creepiness and she learns a little bit more about the history from the museum and where Chloe's working and her co-workers and some of the just distorted and weird history that this town has and I tell you what why on earth Chloe would take a job and kind of live where she ends up living is beyond me I do not know why she would have done it but it all kind of adds to the story it plays around with the idea of what your mind could do when you hear these stories and questioning are things real are they not real and some weird little creepy things happen because of this weird situation you kind of find Beck unpacking feelings that she has for Chloe and assessing why or why not she would do something when things are getting so weird and creepy so it's a really interesting take on a Chloe story with the added kind of creepiness of just the unknown if you're wanting an parent the Chloe story the great pumpkin is a really really sweet one to look out for the summary says Halloween prompt from Tumblr. I saw this prompt on Tumblr and I wrote this little one shot. Basically, Chloe has a daughter and they've kind of fallen on hard times so they end up living with Becca and the daughter falls ill during Halloween and she gets really upset because she can't go trick-or-treating. So Becca creates this story to kind of help her enjoy Halloween even though she can't go trick-or-treating. Basically, all you really need to know is that Becca is so sweet and she's secretly in love with Chloe that she's going to go to great lengths to make Chloe's kid happy. And she does so with the great pumpkin. It's a cute little one shot. It's got all the hallmarks of a cute Becca being sweet to Chloe. Some great Halloween fluff. If you want some Halloween fluff, you don't want to go too like serious. That is the one to go to. And of course, we couldn't do Halloween without doing some Halloween smut because you guys seem to love Halloween smut. One of them being Make Me Where Dreams Come True by Let's Talk Acapella. The summary just says, Becca doesn't want to dress as a Disney princess for Halloween, but it's all Chloe's idea and Becca will do just about anything for her girlfriend, especially when Chloe bribes her. It's available on AO3 and it was originally written for Chloe Week under the Disney prompt. I just have to feel sorry for Becca in this story. I'm sorry, but like Chloe played her so well. And there are moments when you're beginning to read the story and the way in which Chloe is going to get her way, you know it and you can see it coming. There's no like denying that what is going to happen. And you're just like, Becca, why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you putting yourself in this situation when you know you're going to cave? Like, if you stay there, if you let Chloe do this, you are going to cave. But no, she ends up in this situation and Chloe has all the cards and you just have to kind of see Chloe winning the game. But she does it so well. And then the sort of second half of the story is the aftermath of what happens. But also, I will say, what Disney princess do you think Becky would dress up as? The choice in this was so good. I was like, yes, of course Becca would be that Disney princess. Out of all the Disney princesses, I could totally see that one. She would hate it, but it's the most applicable to her. Those are our Halloween stories for you this season. You've got a chunk of stuff you can read. There's also loads of other ones. And of course, Horror Week is taking place right now. So you can have your Pitch Perfect Halloween fix right there. Thank you so much for listening for today. 
If you want to keep up to date with the podcast, we are available to follow on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can keep up to date with what we're doing. And I'd love to hear from you and what your Halloween fix are or what your headcanons are. That's it from me for today. I'll see you next time, pitches. Ah.